0: I was pretty stuck and pretty lost. I really wish there had been more positive influences on the sports side, um, just to communicate that more clearly. It's hey, Mr. Burger. Ain't gonna tell them what your name is. It's Mr. Burger. That's all I'm about should be famous. It's Mr. Burger. Ain't gonna tell them what your name is. It's Mr. Burger. That's all them should be famous. Stop, cut the beat off. Mmm, burger burger bites is recorded on location in ozark missouri and presented on anchor the views expressed on burger bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the grip and rip baseball league enjoy the show
1: when we left off with cole rourke the big righty from rolla was about to transfer out of southwest baptist university in bolivar missouri to warner university a small college with about 1,200 students stuck smack in the middle of the Florida peninsula. His cannonading right arm was in Lake Wales, Florida. His heart was back with his wife Megan in Licking, Missouri, and Cole Rourke's mind was on the 2016 Major League Baseball amateur entry draft. In his one and only season with the Warner Royals, he pitched for an 8-3 record with 95 and a third innings pitched, 71 strikeouts against 30 walks, and an ERA that fell from 7.88 to 3.68. It seemed like Cole Rourke got the benefit of a change of scene and different coaching on the baseball field. His trip to Florida also included some of the worst academic advice of all time, and that's where we pick up the story.
0: I had actually changed majors when I got down there. I'd been pursuing a social science and education degree from SBU, Florida, has you know different educational standards um, and when I got down to Warner my main concern number one was, was playing baseball and so when I met with an advisor down there it was about a 25 minute meeting and uh, they said yeah everything looks great um, you need exactly 12 credits to be done um, so you probably want to take some electives this first semester because we don't offer uh, any kind of athletic scholarship for master's programs or anything like that so I said "All right, awesome." I'll take uh, whatever, underwater basket weaving, something, and I'm playing ball. And it turned out about the time we got to Christmas break, that same advisor called me back and said, I hate to tell you this, but I've made a mistake. You need 24 credit hours to be done with this degree. So I had passed exactly one class that I needed for my major and a bunch of other electives that mattered not at all. So (laughs) that was kind of a shell shock for sure. Come back in the spring, went ahead and reclassified my major to an educational studies degree, which I had worked pretty diligently to check all the boxes and make sure that was fine. Um, And they said, yeah, you can go back to Missouri when you're done. And I'd communicated clearly, I'm going back home. I'm not staying in Florida. I don't want a Florida certificate. I want to be able to go back and get my teaching degree there. So I finished this degree We got through the spring, I had just the summer classes to take was all I needed. And I was sewn up, done with a bachelor's. So I thought, now I get back to Missouri and uh, decide, you know, after deciding not to pursue any kind of pro ball stuff. All right, let's go teach. Well, then I find out that an educational studies degree from the state of Florida equates to a general studies degree in the state of Missouri. So I had not picked a content area Um, which is necessary for your teaching degree, and I'd come back and passed my teacher test at the state level and applied to DESE and and took care of that, so I thought, and uh, it was not the case. So I had to go ahead, and currently I'm actually enrolled in a master's program at SBU, so we've come full circle now, a master's program at SBU, um, which is a program for initial teaching certification, which I have earned a provisional at this point before the school year started. I accumulated enough hours to do that. Um, but it has been a weird mess is what all of that has been.
2: You cannot imagine. So were, did you ever consider really pro baseball or were, uh, were you pretty well uh, set on going into teaching and coaching at the point you finished up?
0: Uh, so I had a pretty decent scout follow down in Florida You know, I was 6'3 and, you know, 230 pounds and and really throwing the ball hard, topping out around 95. And uh, so there was some interest and we had several conversations. Um, I'd actually talked with a group that was going to represent me uh, as a draft advisor and then an agent later. So to everyone involved in my situation, you know, family, close friends, teammates, myself, um, I was pretty sure that the draft was going to be my way in. I thought it was happening. We'd had... So many conversations with different groups, Rays, A's, and the Blue Jays, which was kind of nice that they all rhymed. I always liked that part of the story. Um, But they'd had a pretty decent uh, follow-up and and relationship. So we get to draft day. Uh, My season ends at Warner. Come back home, and we're in Missouri for the draft. So the first week of June, uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do on draft day. I thought about it since I was a little kid. You know, I was kind of pictured like a draft party. Well, you know, if you're not a first 10-rounder, kind of a silly deal to sit there and watch it. It's not even televised, you know, those last 20 rounds. They just run the ticker, and uh, you can listen to the audio in the draft room. So I got a little stir-crazy waiting on it. So third day of the draft, um, they're basically, you know, taking you through the 11th round through the 40th that year, and I got a little stir-crazy sitting around the house listening to audio, so I drove my truck around like any good old country boy. I had it playing through the speakers, um, drove out to the Licking High School baseball field, circled the parking lot, you know, and just waited. Now, I was receiving calls from my draft advisor, and, hey, you know, I think they're going to take you in the 21st. I think they'll take you in the 23rd. Those rounds tick by with nothing. And uh, you're just kind of sitting there with a pit growing in your stomach. Did not receive a call after the 30th round rolled through. And, you know, every time that conversation is pretty simple, uh, especially for a guy like me, hey, would you, you know, would you be willing? Yeah, 100%. No question. You know, I'll buy my own plane ticket if we can get this done. And then it didn't happen, you know. Um, So you're kind of sitting there and I remember pulling off on the side of the road and just kind of sitting there. There weren't a lot of tears or emotions other than just, well, what now? I didn't, you know, I didn't truly have a plan B. I just was going to do this thing. Um, so eventually, and I don't know how long I sat in the truck. Eventually I went back home and walked into my mother and father-in-law's house where we were staying for the time and looked at Megan and I said, Hey, um, it didn't happen. And, She said, all right, what do you want for dinner? Which to me was kind of like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this is the end of of what I do. And uh, one thing I wish everybody could talk to my wife because I think she's one of the most spiritually wise people um, I've ever known. She takes things just kind of as they are and rolls. And I think her thought process through the whole thing was yeah, that just happened, so what are you going to do? And I think that was kind of a wake-up call for me. Um, The very next day, I went down to the school and had a conversation with our athletic director here at Licking and said, hey, I think I'm going to be around. Um, We'd had initial conversation before that. I may help you out this summer. I don't know when I'm going to go get drafted. Um, So that second conversation was, hey, I didn't get drafted. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Uh, Maybe I'm not who I thought I was but I'd like to help out if you'll have me. I had no idea who was coming in or anything like that. And he let me know that Harvan Tell was coming down. And um, I guess the rest is history. The rest is uh, as we go now.
2: Harvin Tell is actually a guy I used to cover back when he was at Camden, but he's he's had a long career in coaching high school baseball in Missouri. He's been at Camden and Iberia and Blair Oaks and now Licking. And he's part of the Missouri High School Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. So. What can you tell me about things you learned from Coach Antel in your time at Licking?
0: This would be a lot longer podcast to get through everything I've learned from Coach. All right, so for everybody listening, you got to kind of put this in perspective. I thought I was the real deal. Like, I was a dude. I deserved more. And you just had the rug ripped out from under you. I played at a much bigger high school than Licking. I played much higher baseball, higher level baseball than anyone in this area would necessarily recognize. Now, if you're not familiar with Licking, this is a great baseball town. It's got a great sports pr- tradition, basketball, baseball. They love their sports here, but you get in that little bit of a rural mindset and you know maybe that's big fish and little ponds or whatever it is. But I maybe had the idea when I first started that I'm a little bit more than this place, just a little bit. Um, and I think anybody would do that. So I'm being brutally honest with myself, making sure I sound like a bad guy for a moment. Uh, when Harv came in and I Googled him, you know, that's that's how little I knew about other people that were not inside of my own life. Um, I had never heard of Harv Intel, even though he's a legend in this area. No idea. So this guy shows up and I would Googled him and I see state championship with Iberia in 01. I'm counting up district championships and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe. Harv shows up. And this guy was getting close to 50 at the time. I think he was 49 when he came down. And this guy has worn a flat top since he was probably, I don't know, 23 years old. It's primo. If you're a hair connoisseur, I know Rance was posting pictures of his own haircut. This guy has the best flat top of all time. He goes to Rippey's Barbershop. I'll plug them over Fort Leonard Wood. Um, and that thing is straight and even and awesome. So he walks up there and I'm thinking... He walks with the confidence of a guy that knows what he's
1: doing. Everything Cole Rourke just said about Harv Antel is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I'll also say this. Melton Barber Company, Springfield, Missouri. My guy Chance is going to do big things when it comes to hair in 2021. On a much more serious note, our mutual acquaintance with Coach Antel allowed Cole and I to get into a much deeper discussion of life, faith and mentoring others it proved to be a very revealing dive into Cole's character. Not just who he is as a pitcher, but who he is as a man and what he's truly aspiring to do in the small town of Licking, Missouri and beyond. And
0: so we have a short conversation. He kind of asks a little bit about me and and what I want to do. And we go ahead and split up so we can fungo. And that's kind of how we open practice, just seeing what guys can do in the summer and I think both of us realized at about the same time we had a lot of work to do. We were a little bit deficient. We had some guys that maybe weren't real familiar with the game, and uh, our work was going to be cut out for us. So after practice was over, uh, we sat and talked for a little while, still not real familiar with each other or anything. I didn't know what my role was going to be as a coach. I felt like I had a lot to offer. I didn't know if he knew that or not. So as we sat and talked, we both uh, started talking about catch play and how important – That was going to be for us. And from that day forward, we would spend the first 40 minutes of practice. Now, I think some people think catch is how you get ready for practice. Practice started with catch play, and it was important. So we structured that very heavily. That was something I learned from him for sure. Presence, um, when he's on a field, you just recognize that guy. You look at him. I can see other coaches do it. I can see umpires do that. I don't know if I have to get a flat top before I'm upgraded to that level but I am I would be willing to do it for sure. As far as inside of the game and, and running a program, he communicates expectations very well. Um, our kids know exactly what is expected and that we're going to follow through, and I've tried to build that into everything I've done in athletics since then. I wish, you know, seriously, he's the kind of guy that I wish I would have played for um, earlier in my life. I would have loved to play for coach. I don't know if he would have loved to have me as a player or not, you know, I don't know if I would have met all the expectations, but boy, I wish I could have had a, a chance to do that for him.
2: Yeah, probably contrary to public opinion, you know, Harv Antel does have a sense of humor. You just have to work a little bit to find it. But he's actually a pretty funny guy once you get to know him. I have a lot of, have a lot of good memories of covering his teams at Camden.
0: He is hilarious. Uh, on the funny side of things, we lived, uh, my wife and I lived in a duplex, and Harv and his son Gideon, who was a freshman at the time, Uh, Moved into the front side of that duplex. So we were, I mean, as close of neighbors as you can be. And that summer when they finally moved down there, I didn't have TV on the back side. Harv had bunny ears, like catching digital channels. We got three of them. And every day after lunch, I would walk around to the front. My wife had a job. I was a baseball coach. There was a difference there. And I would walk around to the front side of the duplex and uh, sit down. And our routine was Sanford and Son, followed by Jeopardy. And that was our summer routine. I mean, it was, we talked a lot of baseball and a lot about life and uh, became very, very close. Um, when the school year started that next year, some of the kids were mistaking us for a father-son combo, which was pretty happy for me. I don't know if Harv liked that or not. I've never asked him, but um, he's old enough to be my dad, but we're awful close. Uh, we eat lunch together every day still.
2: You're, you're learning a lot now. You know, Do you have aspirations one day to go on and, and be a head coach somewhere or even catch on as an assistant with a bigger school or a bigger program?
0: You know, I thought about that early on. So back to that guy that maybe thought he was better than the area he was in. Um I I speak about that as if licking hasn't been a huge part of my life since I was a sophomore in high school um but it was a it was a refuge and a in a haven um I didn't grow up with a lot of things victim of abuse and and some things like that in the home and without getting too heavy you know it was just a place to be that really took care of me um but that didn't mean that I necessarily thought at 21 years old that that was where I was going to be forever my wife's family owns a business here. We've started a business with a gym here in town. You know, we're we're pretty rooted in at this point. But back then, I thought a year here, figure out this uh, degree that I can't seem to get done and uh, on to, to bigger things for sure. Um, as I met Harv and started to understand what high school baseball was about, what education could be about, um, and I learned a lot about myself through all that, I realized there's nowhere I want to be. Um, You know, could that change down the road? Who knows? But right now, I actually had this conversation uh, with one of my classes today. I firmly believe that regardless of any interaction I'm having with kids, coworkers, people in the community, um, regardless of the words or the scenario that's going down, if you could boil what I'm trying to do down to three things, I'm trying to share love, number one. Number two, I'm a firm believer we can all do better. And number three, we got to be good people all the time. And uh, I am so invested in this community. Um, I think it can be better just like any place, anywhere. Um, I think our kids can be taken care of better. I think we can do so many things to improve our area. Um, I mean, it's low, low socioeconomic and it hasn't always been that way. Uh, we used to have a Rollins factory in town. You know, it was kind of a booming little rural area. And, and since then, it's, it's kind of been different. So I'm in it for the long haul to answer that question. I know I get lengthy. I get worried. I'm a teacher, so I just talk all the time anyway. But to answer that question, no, I have no desire to be anywhere else. When I'm going to be a head coach in the future, I want it to be for Licking High School. And that'll be whenever Harv decides that he's ready to wind it down. And I'm very comfortable in the role that I've taken.
2: Sounds to me, Cole, like you know a lot more of the teaching and coaching you do is just character building and you know how to deal with life rather than pitching mechanics or how to turn the double play.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes precedence. That's for sure. You know, I'm a youth pastor in town um, here at First Baptist Church, which is the church I got saved in, um, church I was baptized in. It's where my whole wife's family goes. I was such a lost kid and I've found out so much about God and about what he can do. You know, I could talk about that forever. But, uh, you know, I just, I firmly believe that no matter what, you know, there's there's a way to go forward. And, and I spent so much of my life not moving forward, not, you know, taking the things as they came and and absorbing that or using it as fuel or any of that. Um, I was pretty stuck and pretty lost. I really wish there had been more positive influences on the sports side um, just to communicate that more clearly. Not that I didn't have great baseball people around me. I think their focus was different maybe than what I needed. You know, maybe I was just a really hard special case that needed more um, than just the baseball side or the mechanics or, or whatever it was. Uh, maybe I was just really uncoachable. Maybe I wouldn't have wanted to coach myself. I don't know. But I know that Looking back, I spent a lot of wasted time doing things, if that makes sense. I think there were opportunities that I maybe didn't take. There were things I could have internalized differently and gone forward with. Um, and they're not really regrets even at, at this point. It's part of my story, part of my testimony. and I don't regret them. I hope I can use them and uh, continue to, to be somebody that I didn't have for someone else down the line.
1: Cole Rourke certainly isn't stuck or lost anymore. He's also not wasting time with his plan to show love and support to the kids he teaches and coaches. Thank you so much for downloading Burger Bites. I hope you're enjoying the talk of people like Cole making an impact, helping others, and creating something good where they are right now. In the third and final installment of this series with Cole Rourke, I promise we talk more about baseball and the fun he had in his rookie season in the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Until next time. I'm Rance Berger.